Episode by asking if we're recording. I think so. Okay, but, all right. And then because like our recording, and then it's like, oh, well, welcome to another episode of Unreasonable. But yeah. you were supposed to say it with me. <laughs> <laughs> we tried it the first time. Okay. All right, we? let's try it again. All right, so hi. Oh no, well ah, we are recording, <laughs> so we don't have to ask anymore. But welcome to another Unreasonable episode that thing reasonable on episode yeah, yeah. That, that thing all right and we have a special guest this week um dustin martell what's up dustin what's up how are you i'm great <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I'm great. I feel much better well right. cheers, cheers I'm, not, I'm no andy so uh i just decided to pour some whiskey all right mm. can't fight that so this is from firestone and robertson Ooh. it's out of uh fort worth texas mm. so you can't get it in the state Ooh, that's delicious but if you're Lucky enough to have somebody who likes you that used to live in Fort Worth. They bring you some every year for Christmas. Wow. So That's like this nice. is this is the smoothest whiskey I think ever had. It's just called Texas. That's got a lot of vanilla in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vanilla caramel. A lot of vanilla. There's banana notes as it starts to like blossom with the ice. That's why I like having the two rocks. Yeah. The banana comes through and there's like some nutmeg. But uh, yeah, I only get it like once a year. Mm. Like our first the first time I got it was uh as a best man gift for their for my buddy's wedding and um special bottle of whiskey i brought it home put it on my bar thinking nothing of it came back half the bottle was gone Ooh. i was really upset mm-hmm. with a person who drank half the bottle <laughs> and i was like this is special shit you just can't drink the special shit it's, it's special you just can't touch it and um yeah so this has been this has been like one of the, you know, um, I don't know uh, if you guys at your house, like, have something that you like to share or offer when someone comes over, but, like, this would be, like, hey, I think you're cool. Welcome to my place. Um, like, women don't get this on first dates. No. You got to earn this shit. Yeah. You know? Cool. Um, you, you have to. <laughs> I, I feel good about that. Yeah, yeah, you should, you know? and um, But, uh, yeah, so, like, Firestone Robinson. And then. Yeah. The people that brought it to me every year just moved out to California. So, like, this is they, they brought me a handle this time. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Big fucker. Yeah. It's hiding. And then I poured it into a smaller bottle so it looked like <laughs> I, had, I was like, um, someone actually, like, holy shit, you drank half the bottle? I'm like, no, I poured half the bottle into a smaller bottle. So it yeah. looked nice. But, yeah. So, we should also, I guess we should also explain this is the first episode that we haven't been in at the 
uh, Osteria Poggio Bar. Yeah. We're at Kalen's place because the bar is closed. The restaurant's closed for mud season. Yeah, we're closing for mud season. Um, you know, I would make a shameless plug for Saturday. Um, but since we won't air this episode, this right. isn't a shameless plug. This is a yeah. throwback. Yeah. So on March 7th, we're throwing a house party. <laughs> yeah. Um, raising some money for Got yeah. Lunch. Um, yeah. Yeah, pretty stoked. I think it's going to yeah. be. You're coming. Yep, I'm coming. I'm, yeah. I think you're I got. you going to come? When is it? It's Saturday. Saturday? 5 to 10. 5 to 10. And I know you got brunch on Sunday, but you can come for the earlier part and then brunch it up. Like brunch Sunday. is the least of my worries at this point. In my oh, life, well, you know. I, I do a lot more working around the kid than I do. <laughs> uh, than yes. I do the restaurant at this point. Yeah, and, how's, and how, how is things with, with uh, the little one, with Emmett? Honestly, uh, having the kid's a trip. Yeah? Uh, and people kind of light up and they... They kind of look at me a funny way when I tell them that, that having a kid's easier than having a restaurant. Oh. Be- honestly, because they haven't had a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the kid is 150% easier. Yeah. Only because you basically know what you're going to get. Like, and, he's going to eat at some point. He's yep. going to shit. At he's going to throw up on you. Yeah. He might even pee on you. And you're ready for that. Right. Where at, the, at a restaurant, you're not ready for any of it. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen on any given day like at you can, any point. You walk in and you try to play for that perfect game, like everything's going to be perfect, <laughs> and then like... You know, you could anything from as small as someone someone calls you up and like, I'm sick, and they sound like a normal person. You're like, what? Yeah, you're like, I'm sick. sick. I can't come in. And you're like, oh, well, that sucks because this is like it's five o'clock and you were supposed to be here an hour ago. <laughs> right. And like, all right, let's figure this out too. Like, I don't know. The sewer backed up. Knock on wood. <laughs> that you should. It hasn't happened to me. But oh, you hear stories about when it backs up. Oh. <laughs> Clears out, clears out a restaurant. Tell you that much. <laughs> like, nothing says I don't want to eat like raw sewage. So that's happened to you. Yeah, no, not to me. No, no but I've, uh, I've talked to enough people who've had the, the things you, the two things that you never want to have happen. For fact, sewage backup or your ansel system go off. Hmm. If those two things happen, it was. A bad day. It's true. Or sprinkler system, which I mean, it's gonna go off. A sprinkler is gonna go. Yeah, off. Yeah, if the answer's so. going off, sprinkler's going off. You know, um, but yeah, and you don't want that. Once the answer goes off, it's just days off. You get days off. Mm-hmm. You got yeah. You got two or three days of just cleaning all that crap, and then mm-hmm. then you get the privilege of paying someone to come and re recharge it. Recharge it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like it's not enough that you just spent three days cleaning up after it. You now get to pay someone to recharge it in the event that it'll happen again. <laughs> the sizable kick of the dick. Oh sure. yeah, you'll like, see. Hey, not only is all of your stuff ruined, <laughs> but you gotta pay to make sure but. that it could be ruined again. <laughs> yeah. right. Like you'll hear chefs that like someone because oh yeah, you just you just got in the there's a couch at our at my house that is uh sinking. Mm-hmm. It's really comfortable. Yeah, I'm never when you're up. ready to get yeah, up, Adam doesn't look like he's gonna. I up. will. Yeah. I will give you a hand. I usually do yeah. a turtle roll to the floor, <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah. But yeah, so it is good having the kid then. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's it, it is good. Uh, it it means that I can't dedicate the amount of time that I necessarily want to to, to the restaurant. Mm. Um, but I guess that'll become a problem when I see it becoming a problem when I notice that the the restaurant is you know visibly kind of. I guess. You, you hit a rough patch. Yeah, like yeah. If, if it's suffering, then then I'll have to readjust. But as of right now, I've found a fair balance. That's good between the two, which, uh, as you know, I'm sure you can test. Finding that career home balance is is pretty tough, even yep. not having kids, man. I I don't have a career home balance. I just have a career, and then there's this place that I come and sleep at. 
a couple nights sure. a week. Yeah. You know. Not a bad place to sleep though. No, no, I mean I'm lucky. You should describe it. It's like I should I should have a kid so I'm at home. Like that's the if someone if someone will let me give you a kid <laughs> offers out there. I was thinking that before I came over actually. I was like, Kayla would really like having a little bit of I would job. love having She'd a kid. It's like that's the absolute dream job. I never wanted to be a chef. I never wanted to own a restaurant. I wanted to be a stay at home dad. Because and I'll the pitch. I get to make fancy jams whenever I want. I get to cook whenever I want. I love folding laundry. Wow. And I take a lot of pride in a clean house. Not not this one. Not this one <laughs> at the other, other houses. Like my my baby is a dog and she just puts her toys in hair wherever she feels like it. But I like those things and I like the uh, and I love kids. I like being around kids. Um, newborns creep me out. So there would be like there would probably be like a five month window mm-hmm. where like I would just wave at it from the <laughs> other room. But once once it's once it had neck strength, yeah. I could trust it. Anything that can't hold its head up, I I don't know if I can trust <laughs> just yet. You know. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. And then until they get their eyes, like the the, the iris comes in, it's like because they're black. Yeah. yeah that's you know, creepy. in Nashville, when I lived in Hudson. I would drive over the bridge to Nashua, and there used to be this sign, and it was like a newborn baby. Mm. Cute as all be if you like babies, but like they picked the one baby who hadn't gotten their color in their eyes yet. So it was just like driving over the bridge with this soulless baby staring at you. And you're like, like, speed up, speed up, you know? Like, what does it want? I don't know. I can't help you, soulless baby. (laughs) So how old is your baby now? Uh, six months. Six mm, months. Two days ago, nice. I think. Yeah. And right. the neck. <laughs> he, he, he can hold his. Yeah, no, he can hold his neck. Good. Uh, he's been pretty solid since the day he was born. He was holding himself up for the most part uh, since he's been a month old. Probably. Nice. Like you can hold him there, and he'll you know his legs will support his weight, and he. Yeah. How's he, the sleeping going? Uh, good. He sleeps through the night now. Great. Yeah. yeah. Abs- I think the last time I talked to you, that was not a thing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, he, he does a great job. Uh, it really is a pleasure being the dude's dad because yeah. there's nothing to complain about. This kid lets you know when he's hungry, lets you know when he's tired. Mm. Uh, everything else is... Cake. You know, yeah, it's exactly. Easy. And he nice. smiles at you. He's, got, he's a cute baby, which is great because there's definitely ugly babies. Oh, uh, yeah. Real ugly babies, too. Uh, <laughs> one, sorry, but there's, one of, there's ugly One of my guys used to say his catchphrase, <coughs> if I had to say, like, one of my old guys he had a catchphrase, he goes, beautiful fruit falls from ugly trees. Ooh. Mm. And, I'd, and I'd be like, what? And he's like, take two uggos. <laughs> like, alright I get it he's like Brad Pitt Angelina Jolie that kid's gonna have a rough time cause two beautiful trees right. might produce some ugly fruit that's why they yeah. adopt the durian yeah, fruit you, yeah. you know like yeah. you know like it's got it's purpose but it's not a pretty thing it smells bad it smells terrible but it's good for you sure. so I've heard so so good in fact that they put it in Zelda Breath of the Wild as the thing that like makes you have the best health really? yeah it's called the mighty it's the hearty durian in a video game. Oh yeah, I was playing it the other day, and I was like, "Man, that's a thing." Yeah, the, the durian, <laughs> the durian, and the banana. Bananas make you mighty. Durians give you health. Perfect. I don't know. It's, it works. Yeah. But and how's things going with you? 
good. I, was, I have a funny uh, um, uh, kid story that happened to me yesterday morning where um, my, my kids are five and two, oldest boy and Otis, and then my daughter, Eleanor. And so we're, we're getting, I have to get Otis ready for kindergarten, okay. the bus, the bus, you know, the bus comes the bus. at the, at the time of the bus comes. Yeah. And if he's not ready, the bus keeps going. <laughs> yeah. And the um, bus doesn't hold on for you, Otis. Sorry. Right. Yeah. So, Sorry, Otis. Um, so every morning it's like this, he just toys with me. He's like a little, I'm like a marionette that he can make dance. And oh, yeah. so he's always, so, uh, so I was getting him ready, just like pulling my hair out, trying to keep him on task and. Of course, he's got to get into his snow pants and all this other shit because it's winter time. Oh yeah, like like the the more the younger you, the more clothes you have to put him in. Yeah. And by the time he's the, and you know like, and you just like turn around to grab his backpack and you turn back around and he's naked. It's yeah. Like, what what just happened? How'd you do that? Oh, that's yeah. like, I can't that, even do that. That was magical right <laughs> yeah. there. So he's just making me like twist in the wind, and then his sister wakes up and she's two, and of course now that she's awake, she's gonna want to go out to the bus stop. With him and watch which him get on the bus, set of work. which is a whole other set of snow clothes I've got to get on. Mm. So now I'm like, now I'm trying to get her clothes on, and I hear this voice behind me say, "I love you," and I just said, "Oh man, buddy, Damn thank buddy. you so much." And he said, "I was talking to Eleanor." <laughs> oh. oh, kid, I needed that. Wait, that wasn't oh. I really needed that pick me up right yeah. now. I'm gonna pretend that you didn't say you loved your sister. <laughs> right. So that's what you have to look forward to. But it, so is, it is pretty cool, the, though. As I get... Did the kid want to go outside with the other kid? Right. So you got one parent, two snowsuits, two bodies. Right. And then you got this one little kid that's like, you know what? I love you, but it's not even to you. Yeah, it's someone <laughs> yeah. else entirely. Ouch. I mean, yeah. when, I was, when I was a camp counselor, I mean, like, I've spent the equivalent of a couple of lifetimes with kids if you add up all the individuals. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I remember, like, my first introduction to ADHD. You know, I had this I had this group of kids that were like I think they were all six. The youngest youngest a parent could shove a kid off at camp for a couple of days of respite. They're mm-hmm. like, All right, sweet, you hit six. <laughs> Put you off in the woods. If you live, you live, and if you die, you die. And so like the this mother brought this kid and um he had ADHD. And it's all filled out on his form. And they and he had asthma, so they gave me the inhaler. So I had the inhaler on me the whole time. Well, the mother put his medication with the inhaler, so he didn't. There were two days. Oh, this kid didn't have medicine, uh, and I remember like getting them ready for a swim. You know, like so I'm an adult male. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna step out of the cabin. Boys get changed. I'll be back in a minute. I have all their trunks and stuff on their sleeping bags. They know where things are. I come back in like six minutes later. Three of them are still trying to put their swimming trunks on their sleeping bags, and this the ADHD the ADHD kid standing buck naked in the middle of the floor, just looking at me. I'm like, dude, <laughs> and he's like, what? And I'm like, where's? I mean, where are trunks? And he's like, I lost them. And I'm like, how did you lose them? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, I get they're right on your sleeping bag. I see them. You didn't lose them. And I'm like, get in, get in there, get in your sleeping bag, and put these on. I go back out, give him another six minutes. I come back in. Well, now he has a shirt on, <laughs> but no, but no there. bottoms, okay. and he's just standing in the middle of the floor. I'm like, dude, come on. And I'm like, I can't. You have to, you have to put these on yourself. I am not allowed to help you legally. Just put the shorts on. 
And he's like, I lost them. And I'm like, they're on your sleeping bag, bro. I can see them right there. And he's like, I don't know what to do. So I had to like, <laughs> I, I had to, to like walk him through the process. Like, all right, grab the trunks. I go, there's a hole. Put your leg through one. And like, now for the other one. Takes it out of the first. I'm like, no, no! <laughs> both legs and both holes. <laughs> By the time, and at the end of the week, they're all going home. You bring you bring like the first aid kit back. He's down at the nurse's office. He comes out night and day. Mm. He had gotten his ADHD medicine. He's like, I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, oh, you know, I'm just a little hungry. It's time for breakfast. And I was like, you okay? And he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, just, I'm hungry. And I'm like, and then I found out that, you know, the mother was kind enough to, uh, it's like, well, maybe he'll survive. No, he almost died several times, you know, by my hands. <laughs> So now you know what my every weekday is like. Oh, yeah. Like That's got to be. 7 until 7.06. I am not envious of that. Yeah. I mean, like. That kid was distracted at least 15 times yeah. in that 60 minutes. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's like. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, having a restaurant is like that, except all of your children are adults <laughs> who should know better. Yeah. You know, like. That's true. You know, it's like, and you love them. Just like you do as a parent, I think. Yeah. Like, at least in my, my restaurant. Like, it's my family. Yeah. It's my extended family. So you treat them as such. But there are times that, like, you know, like, and, and the guys will, they know. Like, everybody knows. They're like, because they say this, thanks, Dad. And you're like, I, it's just. Yeah, it's <laughs> for, I can hear you. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. You know, like, because they know, you know, like, but it's, it is definitely. You're right, but everyone's like, oh, it must be so hard having a baby. I'm like, I would take a thousand babies. Yeah. <laughs> if you're already sleep deprived, at least you have like something in front of you saying, hey, yeah. this is why you're sleep deprived. Yeah, I this could, is why you don't have any money. I could this go, is X, Y, Z. Yeah, I could go run an orphanage. I, that would be like vacation. You know, Not that I don't love what I do, but that would be a fucking vacation. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's so, going to be nice so to have some saying, time off. No, I don't have time off. So you're saying the employees are kind of like, yeah. Oh God. See, yeah. I think. I think. And the, the restaurant. I think the restaurant's mm. the baby. Mm. If, mm. You know, a toddler. If, the restaurant is the baby. You, you're not there, and you have to trust the people that are there to run it. It's like leaving your kid with like an uncle that smoked a pack of Marbs a day. Yeah. And has yeah. a problem with like natural ice. Yes. You know? And you're like, ah, well, right. uh, like, what's the damage that's gonna? And you're weighing it, and you're yeah, like, it's like, oh, man, you're not, like, it's I'm not, not if there's gonna be damage from one day. Yeah. But yeah, you will be good. Just but you might. Fun. You're like, ah. <laughs> you know, and then like, someone calls you up and it's like, they'll tell you of a problem and you're like, and it's not a big problem, but since you're not there, it all of a sudden becomes yeah. a huge problem. Yeah. And then, you know, five minutes later, you're like, well, uh, so I'm just, but you, you're not enjoying your time off anymore. Cause yeah. like, mm. nope, someone has a, that's how you know you've made it when you can take a vacation. Uh, well, or or you know that um, you don't care at all. Yeah, well, or anymore. you need the vacation. Yeah, I think that that was mm. that would probably be the better way to go. Yeah, but uh, like if I don't take this time off, I'm yeah. gonna snap. Uh huh. It's gonna happen. It's always. Yeah. You're on the verge. Always on the edge, but so in a good way. It's been what two and a half years for you? Almost. Yeah. With, uh, yeah Margaret's Kitchen. The start of the third year will be in May. Yeah, because you started right around the same time. Actually, yeah, you start like a month, yeah, a month before me. Yeah. 
because we opened up June, and this will be the start. So this is the start of your third year. Yep. And this will be the start of our third year too. Wow. So you guys have been in business, you know, independently, but like yeah. The same well, I mean, time. like I don't know if it, like it's funny because we've known each other a long time. Eight years now. What? Is it eight years? Uh, dude, I remember. Yeah. No, I started uh, at BVI. At the BVI in November at the BVI. 2012. And it's funny, like, I mean, if I may expound upon it, like, we were not friends for a long time. No. For a very long time. Mm. Like, um, I would we, say that the, 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 the relationship morphed and changed. Yeah. it's And it's like. It's gotten better each, each time. Yeah, each, each time. Like, I mean, because, like, well, BVI, we didn't, like, we worked with each other a lot. What was B- what's BVI? Bedford Village Inn. Oh yeah. But we worked with each other a lot. But like, I was because I was on saute and you were on a pantry, yeah. and then I had my nervous breakdown, and then when I came back, we were both in functions. Yeah. But like, we kind of just did our thing. Yeah. Like we never really. It's a big op- big operation. Huge yeah. operation. Yeah, it was yeah. a big it was a big spot, and then, and then Lake House. I'd say like probably where we got along the least. Was when we were at Lake House together, and then like, and then we didn't speak for a long time, and then I remember then you had Margaret's, yeah, and like, I remember the time I came to Margaret's because like I don't think we had talked in like two years, and I walked into Margaret's, and I just sat down and had breakfast, and you're just like, it's like hey, it's like hey, hey. and we didn't really <laughs> start, we didn't start having conversations I think till the third time, yeah. and then like, you know. We buried whatever hatches we had to bury. We buried yeah. because, like, I think I remember because we were outside having a smoke that day. Not that I'm I was having a smoke because I smoked. Don't I stopped smoke. smoking. I stopped smoking. Yeah, don't smoke, children. <laughs> um, it's not good. Let's just smoke menthols. That's fine. Yeah, but we. I mean, like, I remember we went out back and we had like a pretty deep conversation, and like, yeah, we and I just I'd had five people that day, and I was like, what am I gonna do here, man? I'm like mm-hmm. losing it. I can't what am I going to do here? You know, like I've got this to do. I've got this to do. I've got, you know, I got to do this. I got to make sure that, you know, sales are coming in and none of that was happening for the first probably it was like months or nine months. Cause like I, that conversation I think was like, it was the, it was cold out and rainy. I remember that. Cause I want to say it might've been fall. Like, cause we'd gotten through our first summers and yeah. I think like fall we met and, I think I told you stay, stay the course, as I tell most people. Yeah. Stay the course, like it's you've done. Out. You've done something that people don't just do. Right. You know, like yeah. it sounds, it sounds easy. Like oh, I'm gonna open a restaurant. Right. Hey, good on you, buddy. You know, like but it it takes a while. What I what I found with with restaurants and opening a restaurant, if you have cash flow, if you have backers, if you have all of this money to just siphon through the thing, mm. I feel like things are a lot. Because well, there's yeah. a lot of things that I could have done with more money that I probably would have if done. You, you if you go mean? back and do it again, yeah. you do it now yeah. as opposed to... <coughs> because, like, when you're first opening up, it's like... I mean, like, when we first opened up, I think I, we were overly staffed. We had too many people, you mm-hmm. know, like... Because you think as soon as you open, you're going to knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And and that's mine, you know, being naive. Uh was hey this isn't gonna work for at least another year especially when you open something raw you know what I mean like something without a a clientele without a premise without any kind of reference for anybody you know what I mean and then they come in and they have to form their own 
and that's when you start weeding people out and getting regulars and kind of yeah. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of people come and go, but you there's see people you see every week. Yeah, it's, it's actually it's funny because like when we opened, we had a lot of good press. You know, Kevin, Fike, everyone knew him. Like they were all really psyched for this new place to open. Yeah. No one knew me. You know, like and it became really it became abundantly clear, clear really quick that like people had preconceived notions about who it was. I ended up having to go through that getting your regular clients your second year because like that first year was like a lot of people saying well this isn't a diner this isn't this this isn't this but people were coming in like I had no problem getting people in the door the second year was like getting people in the door for what we were about as opposed to people coming in the door from a preconceived notion and now we get people coming in on like our regulars the people that come in like just like I get. I think I've gotten almost the same thing every time I come in, because everything else sounds delicious. But when I go to visit Dustin at, at MK's, I, 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 you, you know what I get yeah, every dude. time. What yeah. do I get every time? Hash and eggs, man. I get hash and eggs. Hash and eggs. Either hold the ra- extra spuds. Raisins. I get raisin toast if there's raisin toast. Extra, extra, extra butter. Extra holly, yeah. and then I get a tall fucking nitro OJ. OJ. Oh yeah. Every time I'm yeah. salivating thinking about it because like that's. Well, you'll probably see me. I don't have brunch on Sunday. You'll probably see me Sunday. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Sunday or Monday, at least. But, like, I, you know, like, and I've had the chicken and waffles, which is fan. I've had, everything I've had is fantastic, but, like, the hash and eggs. I mean, like, I don't know if you know this, but, like, when we worked the lake house together, like, the hash was, that was the brunch thing. Yeah. Mm. And it was great hash. And, like, that's part of the reason I keep getting it. It's not, it's not lake house hash. It's no. your hash. But... I've had a lot of lake house hash. But, you know, like, what right. I remember, corn but, like, hash. it's nostalgic for me. Yeah, like corned beef hash. No, there's a specific way that they used to do it. They used to do it in beer, tomato beer, juice. Beer, tomato juice, and then, and then the pack. I, I ended up working with a chef at the lake house after, and then I got introduced to the same corned beef again because mm-hmm. he ran the same thing for brunch mm. uh, where he was at. So. When I, whenever I've done corned beef hash at my place, the one thing that I stick to is pickling spice and tomato juice. Right. And then... Everything else is whatever other flavors yeah. I want to add. But the pickling, ju- the tomato juice is what you cook the hash in, yeah. the, the corned beef, the beef in. Yeah, yeah. It's like a simmering liquid. Oh, uh, like part part of it, like you know, and like you want like, I mean, actually, I think I did it with crushed tomatoes when I did it yeah. in my place. But uh-huh. like, you want tomato, um, and you want tomato that has all the parts of the tomato in it. And they don't tell you this, but it's it's the MSG. It's the actual MSG. Uh, the naturally tomato. occurring MSG. The naturally occurring MSG yeah. that happens in two places. Do you remember? Tomatoes. Tomato seeds and uh, dry-aged beef. It's like oh, the yeah. two places that it occurs naturally. Uh-huh. I knew and it was like, in tomatoes, yeah. And like, you know, for, for people who are listening and actually paying attention to what we're saying, take a tomato, half it, squeeze the seeds out of one half, eat it, and think of a plum. It is the exact texture of a plum. Hmm. It's the relative flavor profile of a plum. Hmm. Eat a tomato with the seeds in it. That is 100% kick you in the taint tomato. Huh. And it's from the seeds. Yeah. That's why really high-end chefs came up with tomato caviar, which is literally just the seeds squeezed out. You can sprinkle that on fucking anything, make it taste good. If I was in prison, I'm gonna suck dick all the time. <laughs> if I had a little thing of tomato caviar, <coughs> it would make it more palatable. I, think. I feel. I feel. I don't know about that. 
It would make it more palatable. Because I feel like in order so. to get tomato caviar in prison, <laughs> there's a whole length of things. I know there's probably a lot I'd have to do to get it, but once I got it, a lot of condoms involved. Yeah, you know, like, but it, hey, you know, flavor is flavor. You got to make things taste good. You know, like, but like, but people, it's like a nutty. yeah, it's like it's nutty. It's did you did you eat a lot of ramen this week? You know, but like, but people don't think about you know like, like. If you ask someone, like, I think, like, we've talked about, I've talked to you about textures and stuff, like, describe a potato chip to me. Like, one word. You have one word to describe a potato chip. Crunchy. Crunchy. Crunchy, right? You? Is that the same? Crunchy. Like, no one describes the flavor of a potato. I would guarantee Mm. that no matter, if you ask someone, describe mashed potatoes to me, you're going to be like, buttery, creamy. Like, no one actually really knows what a potato, like, when you ask someone what a potato tastes like. Because... It's starch, but it's sugar. Sugar, starch is sugar. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really fun to, you know, like, delve into those things. But texture, the importance of texture and flavor in everything that we eat. Yeah. You know, like, um, you don't go someplace and it's just all soft. Yeah. Or someplace where it's all hard. You know, like, you have to have... Layers. Layers, you know, yeah. playing playing on texture. Dustin, could you tell us about your uh, concept behind Margaret's Kitchen? Which you opened in is it is that in is it in Tilton? Uh Samberton. Samberton, Texas. It's in Samberton. The roads okay. in Tilton. Be proud that's in Samberton. My taxpayers are my taxes are in Samberton, so Yeah. Yeah. Samberton's yeah. a cool town. Uh the concept I guess would just be uh returning things to the way they used to be. Uh mm. when things used to be scratch made all the time. Uh where you go into, you know, a neighborhood diner and not everything was from a can or everything was from a bottle or everything from concentrate. Um that's more about what it is, uh, and it's, so it's breakfast and lunch. Yeah, breakfast and lunch. And who? And I. You told me this before, but for the benefit of the listeners, who's Margaret? In uh, Margaret is my great grandma, uh, and uh, she had a hand in kind of showing me what food was about. Hmm. Um, about the start how to of your use culinary it. journey. Yeah, yeah. I mean. A lot of it was on me and just being, you know, curious about myself. Like, I, I used to put, like, Tabasco sauce and Chef Boyardee and uh, head right to the, the spice cabinet and just start adding whatever I could add. That's how it starts. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and I think that's where I became really intrigued with food. And it wasn't until later, once I was 18 or 19, where I got into cooking. Mm. But before that, it was all about, like, all right, how do I do this with food? I've always been kind of interested in it, you yeah. know, watching cooking shows and um, stuff like that. So... Yeah, Margaret's was always a place. A, I did breakfast and lunch so that my family could kind of entertain it. Uh, and I think that doing a dinner place would have been kind of too much for me at that point. You know, um, having having a <laughs> having a full bar, having you know, uh, your situation is a little different. You had you had support there for a minute. If I could you know do it I mean? all over again, I would not have. I love <laughs> I love what I have now. I love what we do. I love what it's about. But, like, I'm not a night person. I'm a morning person. And I picked the one career (laughs) and the one aspect of that career that is fucking night. And, like, don't get home to sleep till 2 in the morning. Like, my dog being like, you suck as a dog dad. I needed to pee 20 minutes ago. And you're still in bed. You know, like, I would have, I would, I love breakfast, lunch. I love those things, and I don't. I never eat breakfast or lunch anymore because, like, I you're sleeping. I, you know, I'm sleeping. I wake up, wake up, and you go. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, 
I shouldn't be as fat as I am, but I am because like that one meal a day at That's twelve o'clock at even, night. Even yeah. if you work in the morning, dude, you wouldn't escape that. No. I, I still eat really late. Yeah. I'm like, all right, this is. It's almost like my brain has been. Well, you it's your touch. You're touching it all day. You're working with it all day. You know, like uh, people will say to you, like, wow. Whoever you're dating must be really, really yeah, lucky. No, no they must not. get fantastic food all the time. <laughs> and you're like, no. No, no, she, <laughs> she doesn't. She hates me. And they're like, but why not? And I'm like, well, picture this. Say your job is you're in porn, right? <laughs> and every day <laughs> you go in and you just... Because you know it's not one shot. It's not one take. You're, you're getting it or, or giving it. All day. All day. It's a job. You get paid. You punch in the clock. You know, like, you got to be on your feet all day. <laughs> like, things have to be working proper. And when it's done, you go home to your loving paramour. And they're like, hey, babe, how was your day? And you're like, good. And like, wow, you look really nice. Why don't we uh, take this to the boudoir? And you're like, I'd rather die. <laughs> yeah, and they're I like, know. And they're good. like, but why not? And like, if you took what I took all day... You would not want to take any more at this point. Let's just talk about our feelings and then go to sleep. Right. Oh, yeah. God, that's yeah. the dream. <laughs> yeah. I don't even but, want to touch you. I just, let's just talk yeah. about it first. Can we just like lie in bed <laughs> for five seconds and then like I'll touch your hand. That'll be enough. And then we can go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that's – I mean, I did date someone who required breakfast every day. Like Ooh. chef breakfast, not – Like, not, oh, yeah, not like, hey, here's the Wheaties. Yeah. Check to see if the milk's good. Yeah, yeah no. like I, I think fruit salad. Oh no, this was the worst. I, and someone at, uh, like you know, I have a lot of young women that work for me, and they love hearing these stories because they're just like, "Wow, you sure know how to pick them, sweet." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, I sure do." Apparently, um, yeah. But this one girl, we like. I remember we were. She, she goes, "I want Chipotle hollandaise with hash browns." biscuit, poached egg, and bacon. This isn't like I'm getting out of work and I can just be like, all right, well, I'll go get the... This is like, she told me this early enough while the rest of the time I had a regular breakfast required. But like, do you know how fucking hard it is (laughs) in the morning for two? Like, I'll make hollandaise for an army and I love doing it. But making for two hollandaise people, man. It's for like two. An egg yolk, a quarter an, of a pound of butter. Yep, yeah, and then the like ass. and then you go and buy the Chipotle and Adobo and you open the can and you use a drop of it. <laughs> right. Because like you don't need the whole fucking can. Yeah. And then you make the biscuits. And then like by the time you're done, your kitchen's a wreck. To have someone come out and be like, Thanks. I will kill you. <laughs> and and just, you're not hungry, by the way. I'm not hungry. At all. I've just been, at all. And I'm staring at this, and I'm like, none of this is going to hold till when I'm hungry later. Like, and the cost, yeah. yeah. No, it's like, what I got paid for what I put out was not worth it. You know, like, yeah. thank you, but, I mean, like, yeah. And the one time you did want it after going home, oh, yeah. after shooting a day of porn, yeah. she wouldn't give it to you. Yeah, and, she wants breakfast. and then you don't yeah. get it because you get breakfast, it's like, you know, the, the kind of breakfast that, that this person deserved on a regular basis was like a Mc, Mc, uh, so, Mc, uh, burrito, uh, sausage burrito from mm-hmm. McDonald's yep. that had been overheated and then let this sit so the whole thing okay. like turns really hard because all of the liquid's been cooked out. 
they deserve that microwaved again <laughs> with Tostitos salsa. Ooh. This stuff you get at Ooh. the gas station. Mm. That you're like, like Tostitos. Oh, it's warm by the chips. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. It's, oh, <laughs> you know what? I've been in that moment of desperation. Yeah. I'm like, oh, should I get the Sun Harvest chips yeah. or the Doritos with this? Because technically, I'm going to get dairy and grains and my fruits and vegetables all in one convenient package. Ugh, no, thank you. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and I love cooking breakfast, but uh, mm. not for ungrateful people. Everybody. You mentioned biscuits. You must make a lot of biscuits. At, uh, I make a lot of biscuits. What kind of fats are you using in the biscuit? Uh, I use 50-50 butter and uh, lard. And lard? Yeah. Uh, butter's gone down, but it was it's a more expensive part of the recipe. But. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I like, used to do, um, at home, obviously, I used to do um, shortening, but um, then I switched over to all butter. Oh, yeah. That's going to be... That's, you can afford the all yeah. biscuit. Well, yeah, I'm making like, you know, one batch of biscuits. Oh, yeah. for, but. I'm making 80 biscuits at a shop. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm good. If there's one thing that you don't ever want to cook again, what's the one thing you wouldn't ever want to cook again? At this particular moment in your career, in your life, it doesn't even have to be what you're cooking now. Like, yeah. But everyone, I mean, I, I have the thing that I never want to, if I ever have to cook it again. Like, I try really hard to not cook it ever. What's that? Chicken parm. Mm. Mm. And here's the kicker. I've never had to make chicken parm until I started an Italian place. Mm-hmm. And just one year of it cured like, me. I'm, I'm like, this. but I will order a chicken parm from a sub shop. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I love it. Yeah, I do so enjoy good. chicken parm. Where's your favorite chicken parm? Oh, in town? Yeah. That's going to be tough. Um, well, I mean, not to like throw people, but I have like spots that I go for certain things. Yeah. Like, shockingly, the best Reuben in town is Shooter's. The best Reuben sandwiches from Shooters. Really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And call me a connoisseur. I don't know why it's the best, but it is the best Reuben. There's no way. It's the best Reuben They're in town. They're not making corned beef, man. And Doesn't matter. It's the best Reuben in town. Interesting. I've I heard mean, great things about uh, what's, uh, what's the place across from Funk Spot. Oh, the uh, Looney Bin. Yeah, the Looney I've heard bin? they have a, a spectacular Reuben. But I'll tell you, too, that the Looney Bins probably don't make them corned beef. Oh, probably not. Then. So, like, but... I can't get the Looney Bin over here, so the best place that I can get mm. is Shooters. The best wings in town, find another town. It's true. Patrick, everyone, Patrick's used to have the best wings. Yeah, yeah but like, everyone does wing dings or like what you, wings. What did you say for the best wings? None. There's no. Oh, there's none. Zero. Yeah. I'm a wing guy, and like mm. I have yet, unless I make them myself, and I don't even do it at the house. I have to Caesar's do it has solid wings. It's. But we're talking like, I, I'll settle for it. Ooh. But like, so now that leads me to wonder what you're looking for in a wing, actually. Oh, a good because that hits all the spots. Like I don't get them with sauce on them, so they're like Kiki style, which is like uh, mm. they're dry so like rub. Dry, or, they're yeah. dry rub. Yeah. See, like I like a good saucy wing, but like if we take the sauce out, of it, the sauce is like an extra, you know, like, and then you find a place that has a good sauce, but you don't have to have a place that has a good sauce. But a good wing. It's like the only time that I want my meat to fight me back. Mm. Like I have to work at it. Like, oh, like you know, back. like I don't want a confit wing where like I look at it and it just like falls off the bone and walks into my mouth. Like Interesting. I want mm-hmm. because I grew up eating wings in upstate like North Country New York and like that was like there's something barely done. You gotta be able to hear. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta hear, be able to hear someone eating their wings from across the room. Yes, <laughs> I dated a girl once who was like that was her test. 
she take you out and how you ate wings decided whether you would go on a second date with her or not. Hmm. Oh. And like case in point, like and did and you get that be, second date? Uh, I did get a second date. Right, okay. Because like one, you have to complete your wings proper, which means it's bone. Yeah. You're eating the cartilage, you're eating the fucking it's yep. the bone. Yeah. A and, dry bone. And yeah. then what she did as her test, the real test, if you pass the first part where you ate everything on your plate, she would leave a test for me. Where she would eat three quarters of it and <laughs> oh leave God. a little bit left. Oh. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> she's like, a shrapnel. And she's like, what? And I'm like, are you seriously not? Like, really? You're not going to? There's meat on that bone. That, <laughs> fuck it. And then I just, and then I cleaned it. And that's how I got second day. All right. Yeah. But yeah. like, I mean, in town, like. Fuji's, I think, still has the best, like, Chinese-American food. But, yeah, but you yeah. got, but, like, that is, you got to make, they won't deliver. Yeah. You got to make the drive. It's a plan. Yeah. You know. Um, they get, and it's just a couple people to work in there. Yeah. So and if, then they like, get, if they get, like, four parties, you're waiting, you're waiting for a while. Yeah, and, like, Shanghai is probably the best around here. Yeah. Um, someone tried to convince me that Red Apple Buffet in Concord was the mm. best. Chinese buffet, no, the China, best. China Garden is pretty solid. Hong Kong, they use a Hong lot. Hong Kong You talking about Hong Kong buffet? Hong, you want to go Hong Kong buffet after this? Like, I'll go and work some shit <laughs> down with you. Like, like, this is the thing: is you as a chef, you know, right? Like, people get appalled at what you eat, but you know what you're eating. Yeah. Like, they have coconut chicken there. It is quite literally. If I were to walk out back. And see what they were doing. They're opening up a can of coconut puree that goes into a daiquiri, like sweetened coconut, yeah. and then taking two scoops out of the cheapest mayonnaise known to man, <laughs> and they mix it up, and then they fry these things that like. I'm just picturing just, that as being the actual brand name, the cheapest mayonnaise the che- yeah, known to man. The cheapest mayonnaise known to man is on the jar. It's like, that's the jar. It. Yeah, Acme, Acme, Acme mayonnaise, <laughs> and like they're basically mixing the coconut milk. <laughs> Like the coconut, the stuff that goes into your fancy pina coladas. You know, like they're mixing that in with mayonnaise. They're frying what can only be assumed as chicken. What can only be assumed as chicken. And then tossing it in this coconut mayonnaise, putting it in a steam table. And I like to go up there when it starts to get a little bit crispy around the edge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like, what's, so someone will look at that and be like, that's gross. I'm like, no. That's science. That's called a font. That's caramelization. <laughs> what we've done is we've concentrated done the flavors. Ladies and gentlemen, what we've done that's, here. That's, yeah, that's what, you know, you go to a Chinese buffet and, like, I'll go get lo mein and hot and sour soup. And I'll go to the um, salad place and get a hard-boiled egg. I've just made the cheapest ramen in the world, and it's fucking great. Yeah. Like, flavor it up how you want. Put some boneless pear in People are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm eating ramen. This is a fucking shitty Chinese place. I am eating ramen, and I'm really happy with what I'm doing. I just read this column in the Washington Post uh, today about uh, how to stock your pantry for uh, coronavirus uh, uh, quarantine. Yeah. And Ed Ed, Ed Lee came up with this recipe uh, that uh, they interviewed all these famous uh, uh, chef celebrities. And Ed Lee came up with this recipe of using a packet of ramen some uh, peas out of the freezer, or beans, green beans out of the freezer, 
and then the finishing touch was a slice of American cheese right when it was like still steaming hot Ooh. so that the cheese just like melted into like creamy like, coating. That sounds awful lot like prison food. I mean like, like that there's like we're talking the, there's a book out there called Prison Food. People have like really the cooking world has elevated prison food to like upper echelon cuisine. You know yeah, like between prison and dorm food, you know? Yeah. Like um prison well, you gotta work you're harder to get what you are like get. it's in home prison. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, I could go if you were to go through my fridge, which no one's going to. So I'm okay. just putting that out there because there's nothing good in there. Well, actually, there's a lot of good in there, but you have to look at it with an open mind. You know, it's like <laughs> there's potential. There's, there's yeah, a lot of fermented food there's in there. Potential. Um, no, no, most of it is fresh at the moment. But like, it's I, I'll just tell you, there's like half. There's three quarters of a shooter's Reuben. There's two chicken fingers with what was supposed to be Chipotle barbecue, but which now I'm more convinced is ketchup. Um, some potatoes that were supposed to be like cheesy potatoes, but it's now just a block. Like I could slice it. Like, <laughs> I could slice it and then sear it like like fried bologna. Yeah, I like it. Great. Forgot about that. Sounds um, I got hot and sour soup. Mm. Um, I have a can of corned beef hash that's open. Um, and it will probably remain that way, and it will last Forever. a lot longer than you think it will. Yeah. Way past uh, the coronavirus. Way past the <laughs> There is some prosciutto and fancy salumi in there, which mm. just happened to happen. Um, I got a little bit of tomato sauce, and then, like, condiments up the ass. But, like, that's, that's where the true magic happens. Like, you know, if I were to go out and buy a couple of eggs, I could make... Um, Oh, it's a Hispanic breakfast, but it's like just tortilla chips with sauce on top. Mm. And you can make a ranchero out of anything. Mm. <laughs> and then fried eggs. That's breakfast. Let it soak up. Cook it for a minute. I mean, like, it is, but it's, you know, like, I figured that out early on when I was living in Portland and I was fucking poor. Like, I could afford my rent in mm-hmm. this bed bug addled place. Like, I still had to pay for this place. Mm-hmm. And like live with this awfulness, and I couldn't afford food. So like, back before Domino's changed, you know, I'd have a Domino's pizza, and I remember like I was so starving one day. There was one slice of pizza left that had been sitting there for a week. I had some butter and an egg, and that was breakfast, and it was delicious. Not because of my necessity, right. but because I was like, well, you're a chef, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And like that was. It was great. I like one of my favorite breakfasts in the world. You got crab rangoon, boneless spare ribs, and Peking ravioli. Chop it all up, put it in a pan, fry it, crack a couple eggs, toss it up a few times, scallions, duck sauce, breakfast. Wow. It's the best. What I stand sweet, by it. savory, protein. It is fucking everything. Crispy. It hits all of the points. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it hits every single point. Like, the sad thing about talking talking about food stuff right now is like I don't know what I'm gonna eat tonight. I know there's food in the fridge, and I'm like, <sighs> there's a half a can of corned beef, man. You yeah, use that. I want to see what you come up with. There's a lot of Challenge. options, but then I'm like, ah, well, what do I want to eat tonight? Because you know I haven't eaten at all today, and it's like this one meal. And has you're to closed. Count. Yeah. Right? So you get you get to have what you want. It's true. I mean, um, we're we're gonna we're gonna start shooting like cooking videos here pretty soon. And like the first one is crab, uh, crab rangoon fried rice, mm. 
look it up. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And like, I was so happy when I came up with it. So I was like, oh my God, mm. it's everything I wanted it to be. And fried rice. And I hate fried rice, but I was like, ah, I want to make mm-hmm. crab with fried rice. Maybe I'll like mm-hmm. it. It was really, really good. You've got some uh, interesting things on your brunch menu. At, and it, when I look at it, and uh, I kind of, it, it seems like um, you approach it almost with like, uh, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but like a, a, a childlike sense of uh, some of the flavor combinations just seem uh, just like fun in a way that's not, um, I don't know, pretentious. Yeah. Uh, I think the key is, is finding stuff that you would like. I think that anytime somebody opens a restaurant, at the end of the day, they want to serve what they want to serve, right? So you have to kind of find that balance between what will sell, realistically, around where you are. Because a lot of things, you know, you could come up with, I could have Kalen help me, and we could come up with the craziest brunch menu and sell zero of it because nobody around here is interested in that. So if we were to go to Manchester, that could totally be a thing. But around here, you have to kind of look at like, all right, so what are people feasibly going to eat? Like, what are what are they into? Um, and that's you just try to find concoctions that'll kind of meet both things. Like, okay, hey, so I get to get wild with this, but people are also going to eat it. Yeah. Because there's plenty of brunch items that I put on there that will sell zero of or one or two of, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to mess with that anymore. So is putting like is doing like. Fruity Pebbles French Toast. So that's that's one that you've done, right? Uh, I've done a uh, Bedrock Waffle, yeah. A oh, Bedrock Waffle, yeah. okay. Yep. Is that your way of putting something together that someone's never had and may not find anywhere else? Right. But doing it in a way that by putting the Fruity, the, the fruity Pebbles on there, yeah. uh, like a signifier to them that you know, you're going to be okay if you order this. Right, yeah, it's approachable. Do you put it in a waffle batter or just on top? Uh, I've done both, yeah. Garnish it with it and then put it in there, yeah. Um, people, it's nostalgia. Yeah, and people mm-hmm. like approachable stuff. If they, if they can, and that's kind of, it's also the way I've worded it because you can word something away on a menu, and have people think of it in a certain way, and then I've literally worded it a different way the next week, and they added one books. thing, and then they sell oh. ten of them. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. So it's it's just either adding something wow. or subtracting something, and then just changing what it's called. Can you give the? Uh, I know this is kind of a stretch, but did you? Can you give a uh, an example? Uh, I would say the best one would be the Greek scramble. Hmm. Wait, no. Give me a second. I'll come up with a good one. Because there's what? there's been a couple of them where it won't sell right away. Yeah, and then I I'll I'll, I'll tweak one thing, and then it'll, it'll just when it sell a bunch of them. And it, and it's something stupid is adding like chocolate chips to something, or mm. or again changing the name, or. It's, it's it's true. Tough. I mean, like it, you're absolutely one hundred percent correct. People like to read stuff that they realize that they recognize. So, like you know, we're doing. Um, oh, we poured another drink. Yeah. What is this? This is cranberry spruce liqueur that Andy made for me Ooh. for Christmas. That is Andy. Where's Andy? By the way. Well, A- Andy is uh off. He's got some stuff he had to do today. But uh, this is th- you can't get this anywhere. Oh, this is amazing. This, so you guys. <laughs> Have I mean come to the place that's and you've great. had two things that you can't get anywhere in the city. Mm-hmm. That's the and one you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, this yeah. is the classiest bar in the state right now. This is so good I don't want to drink it. Oh, uh, I, I wish will. I made it out to uh, Center Harbor a lot more. Oh, 
I've been wanting to, to crack this open you. for a while. I'm waiting for a special occasion to crack this open. This is like now I'm upset because I've cracked it open and like that's all I got. So like I'm like, oh man. So I could I could kill that thing tonight and be really happy. Yeah. yeah. I'm over but happy. Yeah. Uh yeah no definitely <laughs> for sure. It's, it's, but it's good stuff. Though. But I mean yeah. like you know like we've had like uh uh. Our first year, people were like really pissed off about like, well, if I don't understand the terms on the menu. I don't get it. Like, what, yeah. what the fuck is um, tomato cheese? And I don't expect you to know. It's it's an you know it's an unpasteurized soft cow's milk cheese. It smells horrific, but combined with venison and roasted garlic and mushrooms, it's delicious. People don't care. They want to have terms say so. Just say like soft cow's milk cheese. They Done. get that. They understand. And then, then they get it. Hmm. You know, like, as opposed to, like, I'm not going to use words like espuma. Um, like, or... Oh, I love, I love that word. Yeah, espuma. It's a good word. It's a fancy name for foam. Like, yeah. think, like, whipped uh, creams and yeah. shit. Like, whipped cream is cow espuma. <laughs> Sounds gross, right? <laughs> but, like, that's what, essentially what it is. I've seen that on one menu. Yeah, cow espuma. Yeah, is that, uh... That they do. Sense. They do like milk and cookies, but they serve like the the cookie batter on a uh, oh like a wire whip. Oh, and then with with a spuma. It's interesting. Milk yeah, cookies. it's milk and cookies. Like, yeah. but like that's like changing your concept of how. You, so like, yeah. but then you can do something. You can do something that's the complete opposite of changing your menu, and say like, oh hey, we're serving milk and cookies, and someone's like, oh milk and cookies, and then you give them yeah, the, the not milk and cookies the way they're expecting it. That's what I ran into. We had chicken parm on the menu, and it was done my way. And it was, I thought it was one of the most fun things ever. But you would have thought that I was, like, killing family members. <laughs> like, when people got it, like, this isn't chicken parm. No, it's our chicken parm. You know, like, no, well, we uh, took the breast, sliced, pounded, stuffed it with um, fresh mozzarella and basil, rolled that, wrapped that in prosciutto and then wrap that in cough that and we poached it so we're making like these chicken parm roulades yeah. and then on the pickup we dropped it in the fryer to crisp up the cough fat and prosciutto so the interior was all melted mozzarella basil awesomeness people are slice it so it like oozes out so it was like a cordon bleu for lack of a better term but no breading so it's healthier for you and um, then we served that just with bucatini and tomato emulsion which the tomato emulsion was like fennel Tomato, onion, garlic, like butter pureed down. So it's like the Chef Boyardee sauce, like super mm. smooth, mm. like good flavor. But like I said, like, but then I was like, we just had enough of it, and like we enough enough complaints, enough people hating on it. But like people people hate what they don't know, you know. Like it's like uh, I was watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and they were just like, so you know, like, the bad guy should be in black or have a foreign accent. We need to know mm. who we need to hate, which, like, I don't agree with. But, you know, like, that's the... People need to know what they want and what they don't right. want. You know, like, if you can lock into nostalgia for somebody, then they're going to get it. You know, like, tomato and mushroom bisque. Oh, that's tomato soup. Oh, I like tomato yeah. soup. I'm going to get tomato soup. Yeah. You know, people who don't like mushrooms have it, and they're like, whoa. This is the best tomato soup I've ever had. It's like, well, it's because of an ingredient you mostly want to eat, you know. Like, but it's it comes down to 
how you word it, how you say it, and then it comes down to you convincing the sub, the people that come in that like to trust you. Right. You know, it's like trust is the hugest, the biggest part of the whole gig. Yeah. Once you gain people's trust, great. Then you have to maintain their trust, yeah. and then they'll follow you and try things. You have to trust that I'm not going to feed you dog shit, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you have to trust that I know what I'm doing enough to give you something that's not going to, you know, totally taste bad. Right. Because people will be like, oh, you know, this tastes so good. And like, oh, blah, blah. it's like, well, yeah, I opened a restaurant because I think I can do marginally well at what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I don't, I didn't open a restaurant because I think I suck at this. <laughs> like, you have to have, you know, a certain amount of, Swagger, I guess. You have to have a cer- certain oh, yeah. amount of swagger of uh, of confidence in what you you're have doing. To, you have to you have to be cocky, but at the same time humble. Like if you are just cocky all the time, you will get your comeuppance. Mm-hmm. If you're just humble all the time, no one's gonna pay attention to you. You have to be cocky and humble. You have to be like you have to be your the like being a chef. I think is a lot of it's just dualities. Yeah. It's just your whole life is just dualities, you know. Like you have to be someone that they want to talk to, but someone that is also faceless, you know. Like, yeah. you know, like once you get to know someone, it's a lot easier to let someone down than if it's a faceless person. Like, you're not. You can say whatever you want about that person because you don't know them. Right. You know, like, yeah. but that's like people. I I either eat garbage food or I eat upper echelon food I rarely middle of the road like because middle of the road I don't know what to expect I know what to expect at a higher end place and I know what to expect at garbage you know like um, you know I won't go to Dustin's to eat garbage I go to Dustin's because I know I'm going to get a really really good meal Yeah, and I and I'm willing to pay for it and I'm willing to do everything to go and partake in what he is offering and providing I don't go there and say like do it on my terms. I go and be like, I love your holidays and I want to put it all over everything. <laughs> and I wouldn't go to OP and say, hey, I want this, sub this, yeah. sub this. Yeah, uh, yeah I, actually, home. I remember uh, when you came and like, you were the, you were having cocktails. I think you came for like a pizza night. Yeah. But we were just having cocktails and he was like, I don't know what any of this is, but like, I trust you, let's do this. Yeah. But that's like, that's years. That's yeah. years of us getting to know each other yeah. and like, having, having conversations about how we approach food because I think we approach food from See, two very different ways. Interesting, yeah, right. Uh, I want to get this. I want to get this on radio, on on uh, on, <laughs> you on get some record. record. <laughs> yeah, I want to get some record so everybody can hear it. Yeah. Um, whatever our personal spats have been, uh, I think I've always had, and this is so the first part of my career, I was kind of envious. I was not spiteful, but really, really envious of like this guy can put flavors together that I've never even thought of. This guy could taste in a way that I. You know, I came from basically an Irish pub. Like, I didn't have that palate yet. I remember you, we had a conversation you were, about that. You were born that in, in Italy, right? Or no, I was, born in, I was born in Tennessee, but lived in Japan. For right, in Japan. Nine years. Been, been all over the world, right? And, and the closest thing that I've had is, you know, to Italy is the Olive Garden and, you know, some of these other Italian restaurants. Like, it's just how I was raised and how I was mm-hmm. brought up. So I, I didn't have all this exposure. So when I got to the BVI, I was fresh out of school and my internship which really pissed me off because I was just trying to make up you know mm-hmm. and that's where I think things got off on the wrong foot because I know we've had talks and we had talks and 
I was like, this guy's fucking. Oh, we, too, we've had time. This guy's too fucking it. good, and he doesn't shut up, and he won't stop singing Disney songs. So <laughs> yeah. you know, fuck this guy for a second, you know, and then then he left, and then we hooked back up later. <laughs> then we left, and life was good for yeah. a while. And we hooked back up. <laughs> that annoying fuck then, wasn't around anymore. <laughs> and then you were my boss. Yeah. Like, what is this a fucking trip? That was that yeah. was I think that's why I think it was the hardest part for us because when you came in. You had experienced some more stuff yeah. since we had parted ways. And that's and where so I learned that swagger, man. That yeah. place was where I learned to cook with confidence. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I had had that before. And again, unfortunately for you, <laughs> you you were where you were, right? Well, I mean, unfortunately, fortunately, I mean, like, to be honest, I don't think we would be here having this talk, hanging out in my living room, doing what we're doing right now, had oh. we not been to... Because you know me, like... I don't just I don't just trust anybody. No. You got to go through the fire. Yeah. You have to go through the fire and come out the other side, and be like, okay, we might not agree on everything. Right. And I and I'd say like we probably don't agree on everything. Right. Just like you and you and I, Adam, don't agree on everything. But that's but that's okay. That's the beauty of it. But you come through the other side and like, but there's a, there's a respect. Right. And there's this mutual respect. But it took a long, long time. And like, because I remember when we were. Do you remember the big spat? I remember the big spat. There were, we had yeah, a black really, picked out, man. We had a really big, really big blowout. Um, <coughs> it's like summertime. Oh yeah. Yes, so that I was the huge, the huge blowout. It was not. We were definitely not friends. Yeah, we weren't friends. We weren't acquaintances at that point either. Like lines had been drawn during this conversation, but as the weeks progressed. Yes, you can talk on the radio too. Um, but as the weeks progressed, like I remember, you and I had one of those minute heart to hearts, and like you had said, like I was a soul chef. I've I've never been a logistical follow a recipe. Like I've, I've always cooked from here, from yeah. the heart. And you at that point, because you went to Necky, yep. and like, but so he was like, I don't, I cook with my brain, like. It has to make sense logically, and that was like the con- like you just said. The conversation was like we weren't getting along because you didn't understand where I was coming from, right. and I had no way at that point in my career to help to to let him know where I was coming from. That it wasn't just like luck of the draw, and so like yeah, there was envy and there was anger throughout parts of it, but like, but but I mean like the fact that we are both two unique different people, you know, like the stuff that we can come up with. Right. I mean, what, you're, I'm 33, I'll be 34 in a week, two weeks, and you're almost, yeah, yeah you're 34 30. plus, yeah. yeah. No, I see, I think, I mean, at least from my perspective, there's always been that respect of like, this guy can throw flavors together. And I'll tell you the moment where it switched to having full and total respect was the first time I ever went to OP. And I sat outside <clears throat> your kitchen door smoking a cigarette. And I was telling my girlfriend at the time, I was telling Egan, I was like, all right, calm down a second, hold on. I'm going to wait for, you know, Caitlin to get out here. And I was just sitting there, like, listening to you, watching you. And none of the things that I was hearing were things that I'd heard really before. Mm. It was more of, like, a, in a leader capacity. Yeah. And it was, I was a wreck the entire time. Like, you know, it was just awesome to fucking see somebody. And I'm, you might have seen this with me in, in, the time since um, but it's, it's, it's interesting watching somebody put everything together and now 
they have this full smorgasbord kind of, of, of tools to use. They can teach people, they can lead people, they can you know boss people around if they need to. Yeah. You know they can get on people. Um, Which when we first, I, I didn't, I didn't know my my style. I guess yeah. you know like in my style, that lake house was. Anytime I'd ask for like any input or help was figure it out. Like no one, no one, had, like that, this is where I was left in a bad spot. Was like no one, no one ever said to me, hey, this is what you're good at, expound upon it. Hmm. Like everyone was just like, I'd be like, hey, I'm having a tough time right now reaching this person or talking to this person or getting someone to do something or like, coming up and everyone's like figure it out on your own I don't know if that was the same for you like just in life but like my entire culinary career has just been someone saying alright figure it out you dumb fuck and my my style now is I won't do that to anybody like my style now is like I can I can go talk to someone who has zero knowledge and and help 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 them figure out like understand what's going on you know, like, but when we were when we were younger, yeah. like, I wouldn't have wanted to work for me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. I mean, like, I got thrust into something that I didn't know yeah. under somebody who also didn't know. Like, it was it was all green, and like, you can't just have a whole green crew yeah. mm-hmm. and figure it out. I mean, like, the things that I was good at and that I excelled at, you, I, you know, like, I, I wasn't able to. Get on the play. I don't know if I ever told you this, but my first night at Lake House, and Sean, if you listen to this, he'll know. Um, my first night at Lake House, Sean was the sous chef, and I was just cooking. Um, and I, this was after, after this was after the BBI, after yeah. Nervous Breakdown. I hadn't been in the kitchen for forever. Yeah. Do you know the story? Uh, not the whole, no, I don't. So like, I'm cooking on the line, and I've cooked at some really nice places, and like, um, so I'm cooking green beans, and I do a technique that's called glissage. It's not a fancy technique. It's just creating a glaze with butter and liquid. So it's a reduction that is an emulsification. It sounds more complicated than this. It well, doesn't. save them that. Right. So, <laughs> so I tossed these green beans out. They looked beautiful. They had the crunch. They had the glaze. My first night, at the end of it, hey, you can come talk down to me. I need you to come down to the office. We need to have a talk. No, Sean. No. And I was like, It wasn't busy. I was like, okay. So I go down to the office, and he goes, "What was that?" And I said, "What was what?" And he goes, "What'd you do with the green beans?" And I'm like, "Glissage." And he's like, "Yeah." Like, what was that? And I go, "That's that's how you cook green beans, because that's how I cook green beans. That's that is my wealth of knowledge up to that point. When I worked at the summer camp kitchen, that's how I cooked green beans for children. <laughs> like that is how you do it." Um, and he's like, "We don't do that here." And I was like, "We don't." You don't do what? And he's like, glissage. And I was like, why not? And he goes, no one else knows how to do it. And I go, uh. well, I'll teach him. And he said, no. And I was like, are you, what? And he's like, put the green beans in a hot pan, hit it with water, steam them till they're steamed, serve them. And I was like, why? And he's like, because no one else knows how to do it. Mm. And I was like, I just couldn't. Bring the bar down to everyone else's level. Well, well, not even flip. <coughs> bring the bar up for everybody else. Yeah. Everyone's so 
quick to be like, ah, this is good. I'm content. I'm happy. Like, I don't need to do anything else. Like, they can just coast. Yeah. And, like, but, like, when you teach, when you show people, like, hey, you don't have to coast. Yeah. We could do something a little bit cooler. We can have some fun with it. And you'll find that people are really receptive to that. But, like, that, before you even got there, <laughs> that killed my spirit. Yeah. So hard. Because, like, now you're being told that, like, you, you work so hard, you trust. And, he, and I, I never let him forget it. Like, I saw him yesterday. I see him pretty regularly. But I've never let him forget that. That was, like, our first interaction. And he hated me mm. when I came in. He did not like me. I, there was no way I was ever going to be a sous chef. I that's for damn sure. That that's a but, whole different podcast. But like, I was never gonna be, <laughs> I was never gonna be anything more than a line cook. It was like, but um, but as things happen, people that you don't get along with at first, it's yeah. because, it's not because you actually hate each other. It's because, they scare you. Yeah. Because that person showing you, oh man, like I could, I could do those things. I could be like that. I could, but like, oh, but I'm really of okay with where I'm at but like I, if I yeah. push it and like you know like my best friends in the world are people who we hated each other very very much when we first met but it you know but through time and work you know like then you, you find these like you're, you're actually you have so much in common you, you don't even yeah. think about it well that, that's yeah subconsciously you might see yourself in that person oh yeah and that's actually what's triggering that Animosity. Well, and it's scary if you're looking at someone. And I'm like, oh god, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. Sometimes, yeah. but I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. that's that's a big part of it, you know. Like, but you know, I Adam said to me, he's like, I'm gonna call Dustin. I'm like, fuck yeah, call Dustin. Up. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't seen that fucker in forever. We gotta hang out and talk yeah, some shit and like, man. you know, like just shoot the breeze. So I I didn't make it over to brunch this Sunday. Uh, but I was looking at your brunch menu, and you had fried green tomato omelet. Yeah. Um, how how did that, that was like? I want to drive down to Sanderson just to find out what that looks like. Uh, so, anytime I come up with, anytime I run into a, uh, it's not even the snag. You can't even run run into snags. Like, <laughs> just, like, oh, my life is a snag. <laughs> you're like, fuck. What am I gonna do here? Or I have a lot of these. What can I do? Because like. Are I you getting green tomatoes this time? Like, where? How, that was my first question. Yeah. Where do you get green tomatoes in March? No, that's March? a purveyor thing. That's a purveyor thing. So right? you okay. could, yeah, no, which is cool. Like, you could, yeah. if you're doing something like that, you yeah. can get it. There's, there are places you can get it. Where you, I can get it year round. Yeah. But, but like, the, the quality has gone down tremendously since I first started getting them. I used to get these big, like, full green tomatoes. And now they're like, it moves. Leftovers from grandma's garden. Kind Whenever of he does a green tomato thing, it moves. Because I've gotten, like, six times. Or like brunch, or like there's a special, and like I'll be with you, and like, oh, fried green tomato Benedict, fuck yeah. And then, yeah you're right. Well, so you just hear someone, A6 fried green tomato Benedict, <laughs> and you're like, damn it, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so I just kind of looked around, and I was like, okay, so what do I have on my lunch menu? How can I use this? So it's like, all right, you got bacon, you got eggs, you got you know, you got greens, you got aioli, cool. I can serve my fried green tomato BLT as a breakfast item. You know what I mean? You just switch things around, and it's uh. and it's it's like he was talking about with having leftovers in the fridge and just kind of figuring out what to do with those. That's 
that's what a chef is. It's not about how many years you went to school or if you own, you know, two or three restaurants or it's none of that shit. Cook it's books, literally, money. it's like, yeah, it's, fuck it's, that, man. It's, it's all about if you can go into your fridge and make something edible out of nothing, out of very little, then that's, that's what the chef thing is about. Cause there's a, a lot of people and too many people that glorify us, I guess, you know? Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's really, you're right. Yeah. I mean, like my first, it's my first introduction to that concept was working at a five star, five diamond restaurant and white barn in white barn. Yes. That's right. <laughs> white barn in. And, um, it has gotten me every job I've ever had in my life like this. Hold on. Can I guess? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think you will. You, you can look at like the, peppermint. You can look at the labels. Um, I can't smell like peppermint. Yeah. I haven't tried this one yet either. Smells like chocolate. This is a new one too. I'm a little scared almost. Looks I mean, smoky. I'm really happy. Yeah, it looks with like it. whiskey smells like thin mints. <laughs> Did you taste it's it yet? Smoky. Oh. You ever had Drambouille? Yeah. This is Andy's Drambouille. Andy's Drambouille. It's, it's a herbal honey. Herbal honey. Wow. He ferments all this himself? Well, so. Wow. Liqueurs and stuff. You can legally make them. Important listeners, legal. <laughs> legally, um, not in a basement. But what you do is like, so these are all infusions. So like, you're talking about like, so a Chambord is an infusion. Um, Kahlua is an infusion. All the, they're all infusions. So like, Base Andy liquor. just goes like, infusions, and then all these liqueurs are infusions with a backing, so sweet back sweetening. So a Chambord or a black raspberry is back sweetened with a red wine syrup, whereas like um, Lemoncello is back sweetened with a fresh lemon syrup. Uh, Amaretto is back sweetened with a brown sugar syrup or a caramelized syrup. Um, this is a honey syrup. I, mm. I'm i actually, I haven't had a chance to try, I'm glad you guys are here. I haven't had a chance to try any. I can't bring <laughs> myself to do it by myself. It's not fun to drink. Well, it's fun to drink by yourself to an extent, but like, I enjoy the camaraderie. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like, like um, mossy kind of mixed with it. It's got a lot going it's on. It's got a lot. I I could tell you, there is a lot of herbs and spices and like. It's like a strega. If you haven't had it, I think you might have had it, Adam. I don't know if you've had it, Dustin, but strega. Is an Italian digestivo, um, and it's like angelic root. It's like if Sambuca and Fireball had a really classy baby, like Christian Bale from Batman Begins. Like, actually, no, from The Dark Knight, where he's actually taking stock in the company again. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. That is Strega. Mm -hmm. If Fireball and Sambuca had a baby in a white trash park. And then that baby decided that it was going to make something of itself. <laughs> That's Strega. If Andy listens to this, which he probably won't, but if he does, he'll be like, "Oh, bastard!" But <laughs> that's how I describe it. And it's like it's not syrupy, it's not overly mm. sweet, but like, like when he does, he's a wizard. He's he is. an absolute wizard. Actually, his section of the cookbook that I'm working on is called "You're a Wizard, Andy," <laughs> and like. His two sections are "You're a Wizard, Andy" and "Shifties." I like that. Like the shift, the, shi <laughs> the like shifties. That. I like because like the shifties we have like the Hunchback, which is my sous chef John's drink of choice. Is that the, the which is yeah. the bourbon, the bourbon bloody? Mm. Um, but Andy took it a step further because in the new spring 
brunch menu. He has a bourbon Bloody Mary mix. And what John had it the first time, I was like, what the fuck is this awesomeness? Like, because usually it's just the house bloody. Or yeah. like, uh, and then Mickey um, gets the Mickey Shock Fart, which is a double whiskey sour with a shot of Andy's Lemonade. Um, yeah, Andy's Lemonade, st- stupid good. <laughs> then there's the uh, All the Single Ladies. So, which is most of the most of the girls that work there at one point in time have had this cocktail, have ordered it without giving it a name, and just been like, and none of them are single, which makes it really funny that I call it all the same age. Um, but uh, it's prosecco, grapefruit, and elderflower, and gin. Like that's the, and it's really pretty looking. And then um, my dishwasher Cody, we have the Cody, and the Cody is constantly changing. Sometimes it's just chopping up. Other times, <laughs> other times, um, the most, the most infamous Cody that we've had was Andy used to make it was a tar carrot juice for a cocktail. I, I had that one. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like Zatar carrot juice, lem- Andy's lemonade, and tonic with a packet of Crystal Light that Cody <laughs> brings in from home. <laughs> That's the Cody. And I tell you what, every time, because you know it's like, I'm sitting here and I was like fuck is that and I'm like Cody does that taste good and he's like yeah and I'm like there's no way in hell that tastes good okay I have to tr- pass it over I have to try it god damn it actually tastes pretty good I was like Cody if you could just get out of computers in your head for a while you'd be a great chef because like the, that guy puts so many different things together wow but the Cody. And, um, and then Andy's Coffee and Cigarettes, which we had yes, that was, our first one. I've been thinking about that ever since. But it's called Andy Needs a Coffee and a Cigarette. That's what it's called. Uh, but yeah, Shifties. I couldn't help myself and put Shifties in there. Um, good good menu choice. Though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, the, the cookbook is, like, it's us. It's going to, it's really. I didn't even know you were doing a cookbook. Ah, yeah, we're weird. Yeah. But, like, it's a weird thing. It's like, uh stapled for all the staples that we have sugar daddy for all the, the sweets um rolling in the dirt for like our favorite unsung heroes have standards for all of our standards um pickle everything which mm-hmm. is as described yeah we pickle everything um and then i think there might be like one more section but like mm-hmm. like why the fuck not i got nothing to do i write like <laughs> write talk on a podcast like yeah shoot a video like I don't know, just have fun with it. Yeah. It's like, you know, cooking. I mean, like, there's days it's just like, it just, ugh, it grates you. It grinds you down. Like, and you still get up every morning. And, like, you look at, like, I think I told you before, like, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, are you the unreasonable man? Damn straight you are. Put your clothes on. <laughs> get pull out your, that door. Pull your underpants up, you little bitch. It's time <laughs> to get to work. You know, yeah. like, um, but, like, it's, you know, you don't get to share these kind of things with people. Yeah. You know, like, in a city, you do. Like, if you're in a city, there's, you know, there's, there's all sorts of people talking to you. Yeah. But, like, you know, there's not this kitchen culture, like, you're done with your shift, let's go hang out at this, like, dive bar. Right. Or, like, you know, let's let's shoot, let's talk about the day, let's complain about this, let's, like, yeah. dream about that, you know. Um, That's changed, though. Yeah. I mean, when you were an intern at the White Bar, you were an intern at the White Bar, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, but we right. went out all the time. Really? Yeah. So they liked, they must have liked you. Or at the very least, treated you semi well. Um, so like, uh, because I, I guess my point is that the things within the culinary arts scene 
kitchens mm. have changed tremendously within the last 10 years. Easily. Drastically. Drastically. I'd, say, I'd right. say drastically in 10 years. So it goes to the point where 2010, Menton opened, 2011, I'd say. Yeah, because you And it was all about being ridiculed and ridden as oh. hard as you could be ridden. And hey, uh, how can you tell like a good lobe of foie gras from the, you know, this lobe of foie gras? Or, you know, ask a question about truffles. How can you tell a good truffle from a bad Something truffle? Something that you don't know. know. And then they just rip you a new asshole. They're like, oh, hey, it, it, if it's shaped, and I remember this, if it was shaped like Kansas. And I was like, yeah, chef, cool. You know, like I had gone from Patrick's Pub and Eatery to arguably one of the best restaurants in Boston. Yeah. And I didn't have a fucking frame of reference to save my life. Mm -hmm. I was asking this guy because I didn't know any better. Yeah. And he just, they and ridiculed they're me. With you. Yeah. yeah. And, and no, that, the that white party was the same. That, that changed probably within the next couple of years because I don't know if you remember Tyler LeBlanc. Yeah. Uh, from, from the BBI. He ended he up going to Menton, becoming a sous chef. And then wasn't he out? Didn't going he work to in Atlanta for a while? Chicago uh, for a little while, but he didn't like it yeah. because they were all very old school. And when you'd ask a question, they would basically sandbag you. They would try to throw you under the bus. They yeah. would give you the wrong answers to the test, basically. Yeah. Instead of trying to encourage you and bring you up, help you out. Right. They they tried to cut you down, and that's what I mean when things have kind of changed. Like now, you step into a kitchen, and that Menton kitchen in particular, I I kind of paid enough attention to realize. It wouldn't be that way. They'd go back and they they would show you and they would teach yep. you and they would. But that means that someone at some point went in. In a position of power and decided, this ain't right. Right. I mean, my entire career, until where I'm at now, has been dealing with. Being ridiculed, belittled, um, treated like you're not. Good enough. Right. I mean, with the exception, neck neck, at the BBI. And I got along. He got he got me to an extent while I was there. Um, but and that's the guy that taught me flavors. Like yeah. you know how you understood flavors long before you even got there. Mm. That's the guy that made things click for me. And I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, neck. Yeah, like, I, I mean, get the flavor thing now. Mm. Let's put the dishes together. And it's like, well, at the B, at, at well, not the BBI, at the Life on End. Um, like I would go out with the crew. The chef had nothing to do with me, you know. Like the sous chef saw my potential, and the chef did too. But the chef went about it a different way. Sure. The chef, old school chefs, were about breaking you down to nothing, so you had a flat, solid foundation to build you back up from. They had to destroy every single concept that you had in your head from wherever you landed from, so they could teach you what you needed to know. Yeah. And you either accepted that and understood that or, or you allowed yourself to be okay with it because I tell people stories about my time at the Life Farm Inn and like chefs and people that I've worked with throughout the years and people who work for me now they're like I would have punched that guy in the face and I'm like, you wouldn't have though no I mean yeah but I you mean, would but you know like or, or I would have walked out right. walking out is probably like the better term like, right. I would have just walked out and it's like, and that is why you are where you are, and I am where I am. Mm -hmm. You know, like, because I, and I'm not, a, I'm not, not saying I'm a fan of bullying. I'm not saying that that's beneficial. And, I, and case in point, my kitchen is not a kitchen of bullies. My kitchen is a kitchen of 
training and building people up and teaching people. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you notice something cool, you call it out. Like, you know, like, oh, hey, did you guys know about this? Oh, I watched this the other day. Oh, I heard about this. Oh, I read about this. Like, it's all about building the, the foundation to be stronger. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the White Barn Inn, it was just like, my, they never knew. I was shit stained. That was my name. Shit stained. Oh, shit stained. Shit stained. I remember if you sucked, you were allowed to keep your name because that was even more of an insult than uh. shit stained or wet spot or like the German. Like, I mean, like, and the German wasn't a name of, the German was called the German because he was from Germany and the head chef was English and it was treated like, no, oh, the Nazi. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, this is the German. Like, but those guys, fuck you. I'm going to power through. I remember once, like, the John Cartwright had an offsite function in Bar Harbor, Maine. And he goes to the German. He goes, the German was his offsite sous chef. Wet Spot was the onsite sous chef. And he goes, German, who do we take with us? Andrew or Shitstain? But we take Shitstain. Got it. I was so excited. I'm going to an offsite function. Like, this is big. And it's me, the German, whose name is Mark, and John Cartwright. And I spent, like, I the whole I was responsible for packing everything, making sure it was all perfect. We get in the car to go to Bar Harbor, Maine, and I'm in the back seat. And I do what no, anyone would do in the back seat. I looked out the window. Just your normal. And, uh, John Cartwright goes, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And I was like, what? I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, no one said you were allowed to look out the window. What? No one said you were allowed to look out the window. If you look out the window again, I will pull this car. I will throw you out of this car. And you will have to figure out your life after that. You're not allowed to look out the window. <laughs> Three-hour car ride. Beautiful summer day. No window. I wasn't allowed to have the window down. No looking out the window. I did the function. Did very well. Only time he said, good job. Hmm. Still shit stain was involved. Good job. Good job, shit stain. I get in the car, and it's pitch black. Yeah. And he goes, you've been looking out the window. It was like every best Christmas, every awesome birthday, Everything amazing that could happen, like losing your virginity, like all of that lumped into this one, you can look out the window. (coughs) It's pitch black. I'm not going to see shit, but I did not move my head from that window for that three-hour drive back. People don't – and like I can even see it in your face right now. You're like, wow, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You stayed at that job? He's not kidding. Like, like, yeah, I stayed at that job. It's it's about the respect – of what you're learning. Yeah. And I earned the respect. When I left there, I had respect. Which got me to go cook at the James Beard house. Because at that point, I realized that I'd earned the respect and I demanded respect where I went somewhere. Like, you don't know who I am, but you will. Hmm. I demand your respect. I would not have gone to cook at the James Beard house had I not gone through hell and back. I would not have done all the things that I've done had I not gone through hell and back with that first job. Like, I would not have made a station, I would have not have made a pantry station so untouchable that all of the best guys in the line couldn't work it 
And if I was sick, I wasn't sick. I had to be there because no one could touch my station. Like, I demanded it wherever I went. Yeah. Like, without saying it, it was just my demeanor and my attitude. Like, you don't know it yet, but you will. Like, I'm not trying to put you in the ground. I'm not trying to make you look bad. But I'm here, and I know what I'm about, and you will respect that. You know, and like, and it took a long time for me to figure out how that played into my management style and all that stuff. But like, you know, I, I went through it. You went through it. You find you meet people who don't go through it, and they are who they are. Hmm. Dave, Dave Frazier. <laughs> I'll throw names all day long. Okay. <laughs> Dave, Dave Frazier is Were you there? Guy. You were there that night. Yeah. Uh, you want to tell that story? Him, him and Andre get into a fight? Did he get fired? No. Oh, I that the rest of that I don't know. You weren't there the, the night you, that no. I took over <clears throat> Sante Station? I just know that he got into a fight with Andre were, and he's been a bitch ever since. I thought I'll you were that. I thought you were there. Dude, the thing again, the thing So you were working out. pantry station, what was the thin kid? The young thin kid. Oh uh, Jared. Jared. Yeah. You were working pantry with Jared, so like Benjamin Knack, I started off and I was Sate 2. Sate 2 is the guy that comes in and cleans up during prep, finishes up all the minute, like the, the knife work, the bitch task, and then helps out Sate 1. This guy, Dave Greg, was Sate 1. After about a week of me being there, Knack comes up to me and he's like, hey, so tomorrow you're coming in, you're Sate 1. And I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, has anyone told Dave? And he's like, no. You can tell Dave that he's been demoted to Sante 2. <laughs> That's going to go well. It did not. Um, <laughs> but I remember I walked in. So I showed up early for my shift. I got everything all set. I had a list for Dave. Dave walked in cocky. Yeah. Like, like Funny because funny he works four days a week and none of them were weekends. Yep. He walked in like. Monday through Thursday. Yeah. He walked in. He was like, yeah, I'm Sante 2. Like, I don't have to do any of the prep. He didn't realize that, like, that's where the cooking is, the prep. If you're not doing the prep, you're not a chef. You are a glorified, like, replicator. Like, you, no one cares what you can do or not, as long as you can, like, do the really basic tasks. And um, I gave him a list. I was like, hey, man, well, I got all this done. Here's a list. If you want to get started on that, we'll be all set in time for service. So an hour goes by, and I could have sworn you were there, but maybe you weren't. And I, I said to someone, like, has anyone seen Dave? And they were like, yeah, he's in the fridge. And I'm like, why the fuck is he in the fridge? Like, there's shit to do. And, and someone goes, well, he's double-checking your list. And I was like, it took the fucking hour to double... All right. And so I went into walk-in. I shut the door. It was just me and him. Because I don't, I don't put my personal beefs out in front of the public. <laughs> you and I have a problem. We have it privately. And then we move on. And then we put it on a podcast. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I ripped him a new one. I was, I was like... You know, for the record, I wasn't going to say it because I wanted you to have your day, but, you know, you're Sauté 2 because you suck. <laughs> I go, and I'm Sauté 1 because I'm better than you. And I go, and Benjamin Neck, the head chef here, made that very clear to me. So you get the fucking tasks done. I'll be out on the line. I'll be ready to have service when it's time. But you're not going to, like, you could just hear me, like, <laughs> like, if you'd hear that, someone's yelling and walking. Yeah. And like I booted the walk-in door open, and I stormed out, shut it behind me, and everyone's like, "Hey, what's up?" You know, I go back, and then he comes out. After he cried for a little bit, apparently, he comes out, comes over, and starts screaming at me in the kitchen on the line. 
You know, I let it happen. He, he, flames are put out, and he's like, I'm like, all right, so, uh, so are you good? He's like, yeah, I think so. And I'm like, good. Now go do the work that I told you to do so we can have a successful service. And we had the best night of our fucking lives. Mm. And then he was gone a couple of days later. Mm. Like, because he couldn't handle it. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, like. No, Nick fired him. Because he, uh, he got into a fight. Yeah. With with Andre there. With Andre. Yeah. Oh. But we, we had had, him and I had had, had back and forth before about. I forgot about Andre. Andre, Andre looked like physical embodiment of pain. Like, oh, I would never want to get in a fight with him. He juiced a lot, dude. He juiced yeah, a lot. Yeah, I would that never was... want to get into a fight with Andre. He was like five feet tall. Yeah, I still, but he was like five feet tall. Like, he looked like, he looked like if Smeagol worked out. <laughs> like, t- that guy's gnarly. He's coming for you. <laughs> He's got nothing to lose. No, but he was very much of the attitude like, hey, I don't want to be brainwashed. I don't want to do this. I don't do that. I'm like, dude, just Put your head down, say yes, chef, and continue about your business. You'll be much more successful. But now, Kalen, you'll be interested to find out he's this chef de cuisine of Eloquia Bar and Grill. I'm not interested to find that out. That's interesting, isn't it? No. No. If you have to call yourself chef de cuisine, that means you fucked up somewhere along the line. Well, I mean, I know, what, you chef have to, to, I know what chef de cuisine right, means. But if you say that, and you're at the Eloquia Bar and Grill, something hasn't gone right for you. <sighs> you know what I mean? But if you're sitting there... Being classy enough to call yourself chef de cuisine of Eloquia Bar and Grill. Yeah, I mean... It doesn't make sense. It does put into perspective the fact that I've never called myself anything except on sweets. I won't even take the title, chef. I say chef and owner on paperwork. That's yeah, well, it. that's, that's that on paperwork. Yeah. Sounds better on paper. Sweets and owner doesn't sound <laughs> Sweet. the same. Chef and owner sounds better. Yeah, a little Dave bit. Dave Frey. Wow, well, he's still up in the area, huh? Yeah. He went everywhere, dude. Failed. Well, he was at Lago and failed for a while. He was at Macris. I don't even know where that is. It's uh, in Concord, yeah. The seafood joint. He was a oh. chef de cuisine there too. Oh. Yeah, he's really throwing down those fries called. The chef de cuisine. That's he, when the chef, the head chef, wants to maintain the title of head. It's like the sous chef position, but with less pomp and circumstance. Does that make sense? Sure. Like a little bit more responsible with the sous chef. It's like a, sh- it's, it's like, a like it's like a chef. You do all the chef job. You were the chef job, but you are not a chef because the chef dictates what you cook. Right. Huh. So chef de cuisine is meant to execute the chef's vision. Hmm. So you're not a chef. You're you not, are a chef de cuisine. You're not creative. You're no. like a technician. That that would be the nicest way to put it. Okay. You're a technician. You know, like. Hmm. Yeah, you're a technician. Hmm. You know, we could talk for. I just looked at the clock. It's like six o'clock. Yeah. I don't even want to. That this has been a long podcast. This has been long, yeah. Which means that we're gonna have to. There's some editing. I'll try it out anytime. No, it's a good time. That was great. Yeah. 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 What have I? Uh, what have you learned since you in your three years since opening Margaret's Kitchen? Uh, I've learned where to draw my boundaries about what I can and can't do. Um. I, what I like to do, so what I like to take care of my books and plan all the menus and run the day-to-day operations and then do X, Y, Z for off-site stuff. Yes, I would. But realistically, you have to kind of back off of wanting to do everything yourself. 
you have to trust the people that you've trained are in the right spot to be at the restaurant when you're not. You have to trust that um, that the way you've shown people to do things is the right way, and then they can carry on things where you're doing other things. It's basically just kind of a, a when to not give a shit, and then when to give a shit. Uh, <laughs> more or less, you know what I mean? Like Letting go versus yeah. holding on. Yeah, you, mm. have to, you have to come to a point or else you're going to give yourself a brain aneurysm um, where you, you understand, you're like, hey, I have to back off. Yeah. Like I was doing my books before I came here, and I messed something up in QuickBooks. And instead of sitting there for the next two hours and stressing myself out and giving myself a stroke, I was like, you know what, I'm going to put this down. And I'm going to go have fun now. You know, like come I, back to it when yeah, you come back. Like you have to know when and when not to give a shit. All right. What was your? What do you think was your biggest mistake over the first three years? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you before you go into it. You don't have to give your biggest mistake. With the biggest mistake that you want on the podcast. I have two. Yeah. yeah, biggest I have mistake two. that you're okay with people hearing. <laughs> uh, I didn't take control of what I needed to take control of at first. I was too overwhelmed in terms of all of the things going on when opening a business. Um, so I would have liked to have really have hammered in on my books. That way they wouldn't be so where they are now. Uh, and then there's there's a second one um, is I guess I'll just leave it at the first one. See, see, yeah. I told you. Yeah. I want to make sure you have a second thing about yeah. it because yeah. whether or not this gets heard by a ton of people or zero people, it's out there. Yeah. So what about um, what's something on your next uh, brunch menu that you're particularly excited about? I haven't even attacked that yet. I don't usually uh, approach brunch until Friday. Uh, <laughs> That's a problem for Friday, Dustin. Yeah, look at what's left in the walk-in. Yeah. Future Dustin will worry about that. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's the thing, Damn too. Damn like, so Dustin. <clears throat> Thursday, so people, Justin has not a care in the world. Yeah. yeah. So people at MK give me a lot of shit because I don't have this, I don't have that. They'd like, hey, can you fill this in the microwave? I say I don't have a microwave. Oh, they get yeah. offended at shit. Like, I don't even understand how you can be offended that I don't have a microwave. Um, well, when we're done, I'll tell you a microwave yeah. story. But, but <laughs> yeah, past that, um, just people, man. Real bent out of shape when you don't have. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. It's just, yeah. Like, what? Uh, what do you mean you don't I, have Splenda? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, uh, I don't have it. Yeah, I haven't attacked Tech, tech Friday yet, though. Yeah. All right. Well, well then, uh, how about this past brunch? What was one thing that you had on there that you were. I was jacked up about the uh, baklava crunch toast. I really oh, thought yeah. that was going to go somewhere. That sounds delicious. I, yeah. I probably would have, if I had I gone, I probably would have gotten the, yeah. the, the, uh, the, green tomato uh, omelet because yeah. I just was so intrigued by that but my second the one that I really wanted to eat was the baklava so I would have what, what, what I would have done is talk uh, so I have this lady named Kathy who uh, has her own um, it's called Restoration Anchors it's out of Gilmanton she sells her stuff at Gilmanton's own um, in Gilmanton um, but she made this like honey walnut bread and Ooh. I was like alright how do we do this and I was like hey, I got this baklava. you know uh, fresh honey Cinnamon, uh, cinnamon honey butter. Did you do any Turkish coffee with it? I mean, no. Like, did you like a really strong coffee with it at all? No. I mean, our coffee is pretty strong. Well, yeah. Like, you could you could get it. Yeah. You could, but I mean, like, if you did like, you did the baklava with the Turkish, like, you because baklava is just insanely sweet. Yeah. But if you were to figure out a way to pair that with Bruno, cocoa nibs. Ooh. Mm. I like it. 
cocoa nibs and espresso powder mixed mm. together as a dust to finish, you'd oh, be surprised. Man. I mean, like, if I don't know, it's so good. I miss cooking dinner, by the way, too. If we're really talking, I you you wish you'd have uh, the breakfast joint. I here we go. Well, Restaurant swap. Well, here we go. Well, it's funny because we've actually talked about him coming up for like a brunch guest, like coming up and like just doing brunch for a weekend, you know, just coming up and guesting. But we haven't really ventured into like other territory. I mean, we I think the 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 conversation. If you ever want to come up, obviously, if you ever yeah. want to come up and cook, come up and cook. But like that's the hard part when you're doing the two. Yeah. Two offices because then and you got the kid now. But you ever want to come up and cook? Right. Come up and cook. I'm there, man. It's it is a fun time. I uh I love I still like going on the wine and just throwing down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you know you know, like you get to a point where like at least at where I'm at right now, like I'm not on the line like I'm expediting or like Moving like you're more fluid. You have to be everywhere, and like, but when there's nights when I come throw down on the line, I'm just like, oh, right. Remember when I used to throw down? Go throw them down, and then I'm like, it's like, you ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? Cause I'm ready. Yeah, you ready? Yeah. I'm like, I'm ready. Let's do this. Like, and it's it's just fun to throw down. Like, cause I mean, like, I tell people like the minute that you can come, and this is the hubris. You gotta like this cockiness. The minute you can come and out cook me, like, sweet, enjoy that day, because yeah. the next day, yeah. I'm coming and getting my spot back. Yeah. Like, that's that's that shit though. Yeah, that's what you you only need to learn shit, it dude. once. Like, you know, like anyone can have one perfect day, but like to go in consistently, you know, like cooking is not just an art art thing. It's not art. It's not just art. It's it's craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. Anyone can make one beautiful painting once, yeah. yeah. But it takes a craftsman to make something beautiful consistently all the time. Yeah, I said that to you during our paper review. Is mm-hmm. being consistent and doing the right things over and over again is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's difficult. Yeah. Like, it doesn't take anything to put out one album. You know what I mean? It's no. putting out 12, 15, 20, 25. And they all gotta be perfect. And they all gotta be right. And they all gotta mm-hmm. be good. And you know, like, yeah, no, that's the difficult part. And like. People don't think about that. Like people don't, because when you're coming in for dinner and you're having just your dinner, you're like, "Oh, well, this is perfect. This is great. It all has to be perfect. And it all <laughs> has to be great. And yeah. If it's not all perfect and great, then Diane from uh, wherever Wisconsin, Chen, Chenoweth, like New Jersey, is going to be upset. And like we don't want that. Right. You know, it's all got to be perfect. So I'll be great. Yeah. All the time. It's like it's pressure. But I like the pressure. I don't know. You like? I like the pressure. Uh. It's interesting the things you think you're gonna say or you want to say. Uh, the two places I've ever found myself to be at home were later when I started cooking and knew you had a stove. I felt 100% home there. That, mm-hmm. That's when it clicked. And then the other time is being a dad. Yeah. So those are the two times where I was like, hi, I'm comfortable. Like, hey, I know what I'm doing now. That's cool. Yeah. All right. I well, hey. What our sign off was. Uh, Wait. You said your name. Adam Drapshow. And I said my name. Kaylin Sweets. And this is unreasonable. Unreasonable. All right. All right. So we got it now. <laughs> Adam Drapshow. And Kaylin Sweets. And, and this, this is, is unreasonable. unreasonable. We did it! Hey! We-